Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to go in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> I won't be long tonight in the Word because we're going to receive communion tonight as a family for Christmas, and I'm so thankful that we can. As you turn into Luke chapter 2, my wife and I, we receive a lot of different cards from all over the place and from a lot of friends around the country, a lot of ministries even around the world. And, and my favorite ones are these family cards when, when people send us cards of their children and their family. These are some friends of ours from Ohio. They've got six kids. They've got a tribe. And um, so what happens every year at, at, our, at the Gibbs house is we fill up the refrigerator with as much space as we can with all of these photos. And this is a dear family of their, their, their kids and from Lakeland, Florida, some dear friends of ours, the Rippies. And um, we got one just the other day from our dear friend Dutch Sheets and his ministry out in Colorado Springs. And all of you know Dutch. And then... Um, We've had this new one this year of the Fristos, this young couple that's on the mission field right now that was brought to us um, by Stacy and Yvonne, and right now they're in the Middle East giving their lives for the gospel. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. Chase and his lovely wife there right now, and I want to keep them actually in front of me while I minister. And then you get... Um, you get some of these cards that are that are kind of more generic, and um, it's it's not Merry Christmas, but it's Happy Holidays, Happy Holidays, or Enjoy the Season, the uh, the Season of Cheer, and how many of you get those? <laughs> this is a beautiful one we received the other day. I don't know if you can see the cross there. It's just just gorgeous as the cross is wrapped up as a gift. Just gorgeous. I want to talk to you tonight about the spirit of worship, <clears throat> the spirit of worship. And um, years ago, um, Brent and I were talking about this memory earlier today, but years ago, um, David Letterman had this young boy on his show. How many of you have heard of David Letterman? <laughs> it will not blow the anointing to say this. <laughs> David Letterman had this little eight-year-old boy on his show one time, and, and uh, he was sitting there on the big guy's couch, and, and he asked him, they were talking about Christmas, and he said, what is, uh, what is the spirit of Christmas? What is the spirit of Christmas? And the young boy thought a little bit, and he said, I, I guess the spirit of Christmas would be sportsmanship. <laughs> Everyone laughed. He said, Dave Letterman said, sportsmanship, and, and little boy said, yes, sportsmanship, because you, you have to be a really good sport when you don't get what you want underneath the tree. <laughs> sportsmanship, the spirit of Christmas. What is the spirit of Christmas? And to a lot of folks, it's a, it's a lot of different things, the spirit of Christmas, but I submit to you tonight. That the spirit of Christmas is the spirit of worship and the spirit of wonder and the spirit of awe and majesty unto the Lord. The spirit of Christmas is discovering the glory of God again afresh. And that's what we all need. That's what we all crave and desire. And I pray that it would be like a fresh fire in your spirit. 
we'd fall in love with the Lord all over again. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 2, in verse 8, we begin tonight. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And the census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. And so all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth in Judah to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger or a feeding trough because there was no room for them in the inn. And now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. <laughs> which shall be to all people. For there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. Notice that. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I've had some joy over this before we keep reading. I've had some joy over this. Imagine being Gabriel, and he's sent with this magnificent word, and he's able to manifest. He's able to be seen and manifest there in Bethlehem in those fields to those shepherds. And as he's making the declaration, he says, this is going to be a sign to you. Now, I believe that angels really go through their cue cards really good from the word of the Lord to make sure, okay, I've got to have this accurate when I declare this. And, I, and, and so uh, humor, me, humor me for just a little bit. And we were humoring each other this morning in our kitchen. And I was talking to Brent about Gabriel coming with this epic message to the earth. Finally, the fullness of time had come when God is giving His only begotten Son. And Gabriel comes and he's releasing this profound message. And he says, here's going to be your sign. There's going to be a baby and he's wrapped up in clothes and he's lying in a feeding trough. (laughs) And Gabriel's like, you know, checking his cards one more time. I know that's what Father said from the throne. But my mind is blown. Think about that. This is the king of the angel armies. This is the very son of God. He's going to be wrapped in straps of clothing, and he's going to be laid in a feeding trough. How humble. God is a wonder, isn't he? He's a wonder. He says, so this is going to be your sign. This is what's going to happen. You're going to find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in this feeding trough. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem 
and see this thing which has come to pass, that which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. (laughs) Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the Christ, that all those who heard it, they marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. This was their lifelong message. Think about that. These guys from that, from that time, that was their message. They, they were not only shepherds now, they became messengers the rest of their lives heralding this good news that we witnessed angels. These angels spoke to us. They sang over us. They became messengers. Think about that. They weren't just shepherds any longer. They were messengers. Don't you love that? So they went everywhere telling what they had been told, but Mary kept all of these things, and she pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Just two months ago, many of us in this room, including my wife and I and our children, we had the privilege of going to Israel. And one of the greatest times was we left Jerusalem that day and we went over to this little city of Bethlehem. And we went into these hills where the shepherds were roaming. And we sat up there and we just began to glorify the Lord and began to sing. And Jordan, who was with us, our worship leader, began to sing, O come, all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. O come, ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. It was different. I can tell you that. It was magnificent. It was holy. There's no way to describe it. No way to describe it. This is a miracle season. It's a miracle time. These scriptures are not just scriptures that we read this time of the year. These are scriptures that we always go back to and ponder and wonder and look in awe of the majesty of God giving His one and only begotten Son. For whosoever should believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God gave His Son not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Amen? This is the gospel. I want to talk to you tonight about the spirit of worship. Spirit of worship. When Gabriel came to Elizabeth, and who was Elizabeth? That was John the Baptist's mother. When the angel Gabriel came to Elizabeth, she received a word, and her and Zacharias, they would receive this forerunner, John, this forerunner of the Messiah. And their response to the word of the Lord is they... Is, uh, is Elizabeth broke forth into the spirit of worship. When Mary actually encountered Gabriel, the scripture tells us that she broke forth into a song. And you can go there right now in Luke chapter 1. You can just back up a chapter. But worship began to be released and poured out of Mary's heart. She sang a new song. She says in verse 46, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, 
For he has regarded my lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Wow. For he who is mighty has done this great thing for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. And he's exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Think about that. We're reading this, but this was a song. She just burst forth into a new song. She came into an encounter And a new fresh song was born out of her spirit. Oh, how we need a fresh song to pour out of us like a river. Oh, how we need heaven's song being released from us. That fresh aroma and fragrance of the song of the Lord being born out of the place of encounter. That's what was happening to Mary. I want to say that again. It's Born out of the place of encounter with God. A fresh song unto the Lord. A fresh song unto the Lord. Our daughter has always been what I've called Victoria from the time she was little, my little songbird. And from the time she wakes up, she's got a song. I mean, you, you know the moment she's up. And sometimes it's, it's really, really early. And she's singing like everybody in the house is awake. And she's up singing and showering and singing and singing. And I'll be knocking on her door or speaking through the crack. Will you be quiet? <laughs> but there's always a fresh song. There's always a fresh song. I mean, I remember when she was two years old, she'd be singing peanut butter and jelly, and the next thing she's singing about angels. And then, and then it's peanut butter and jelly and bananas and back to Jesus. You didn't know where you were going to end up. It was just it was all over the map. But she had this new song. It's new, fresh, beautiful song. But you know what? It's born out of encounter with the Lord. Men, we're not too macho to ask God for a fresh song this Christmas. Come on, man. Come on. Can I have a rousing manly amen? We're not too macho to ask God for a fresh song in our spirit. We need a a fresh spring in our step. We need a fresh song of the Lord being sung in our houses, over our wives, over our children, over our friends. We need the song of the Lord. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) When Mary and Elizabeth encountered one another, this is an amazing moment in history. When Elizabeth, who was called barren, has been given her own seed who has been given her own miracle baby. Now John is coming. Now Mary is coming to be with Elizabeth. And she's now pregnant with Jesus. The scriptures tell us that when, just when Mary and Elizabeth got in proximity 
of one another, that in that interface and in that encounter of just seeing one another, John leapt in his womb over joy of the presence of Jesus. The scripture literally tells us that John was filled with the Spirit of God. Just by being in proximity of Jesus. And joy broke out with those ladies and they began to sing a new song. Are you receiving this tonight? Just in proximity with one another. I'm telling you, there's something about kingdom connections and friendships that will bring out the song of the Lord out of your spirit. Come on, are you with me? There, are, there is something very, very special, special about kingdom relationships. The scripture says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And literally, that should, obviously, that's a messianic scripture. But that should be, that should be a mutual principle of our lives, that we are blessed at the coming of one another. That when we're with one another, we bring out a new song out of one another. I pray that that is the testimony of my life, that when I get with others, I bring the song of the Lord out of their spirit. Woo! Man, I feel anointing on that. I feel anointing on that. Lord, let a new song be released this Christmas. And I pray that there's a, a new album released through Cody and Sandra's life, through, Co through Caleb and Alyssa's life. Lord, I pray for a new album, not just new songs, but new albums. The song of heaven be released through them in Jesus' name. Come on. Hallelujah. Say amen to that. Woo. Let their womb just leap inside of them, Lord. Hallelujah. A new song. A new song. When the angels told these lowly shepherds in the field, worship began to break out at this declaration. And worship broke out from a heavenly host. We're talking tonight about the spirit of worship. At the declaration, worship began to burst forth over in the skies of Bethlehem along those fields where their shepherds were tending to their sheep and to their rams. There, worship began to break out. Now, this is profound. Let your anointed imagination go there. That after Gabriel's declaration and proclamation, suddenly an innumerable, an innumerable amount of angels began to break forth into singing and glorifying God. I just sat in those hills two months ago and just pondered that and thought, wow, if these hills could talk. What was that night really like? What did these shepherds, I mean, what an honor, what a privilege to have an encounter with Gabriel and the heavenly host of angels singing over you. What an honor that these shepherds experienced. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. What were they doing? Praising God. Praising God. And saying good tidings of great joy. Don't be afraid of that word. Somebody say joy in here. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. This was the declaration. This was the announcement. But the Father's will, the Father's dream for us is that 
He desires peace on the earth. That's the Father's dream. In Matthew chapter 2, the Magi, this is interesting, the Magi, Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to begin in verse 9. And I know we're helping you tonight with scriptures, which is always great. In Matthew 2 verse 9, it says, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, a star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and it stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, watch this, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. (laughs) They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Of course, tonight, Cody was quoting. Cody. (laughs) Cody was quoting. First Peter, where Peter is talking about it is a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. We used to sing that song growing up in the church when I was just a little boy. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has never even yet been told. It's exceeding joy. When these magi heard, there was exceeding joy. They, they could not talk. They were beside themselves, breaking out with laughter and joy. It was rivers of joy. <laughs> Watch this. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Watch this. And they fell down, and they worshiped him. Wow. And when they had opened their treasuries, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the spirit of worship. They were overwhelmed with exceeding great joy. And when they found Jesus, they fell down and they worshiped him. It should be the norm always. It should be the norm for us in a place of encounter in worship for us to get low and get on our knees and fall before the Lord or lay before the Lord at victory. I want to tell you, you're free to do that. You all know that? You're free to do that in this house. You are free to get low. You are free to fall before the Lord and adore and worship the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on, Victory. He's worthy. He's worthy. They fell down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasuries. I love that. They opened their treasuries. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. I'd like you to go back to Luke chapter 2 for a moment. And I want to take you to a dedication of Jesus in the temple. And I'm going to pick up in verse 22. You're right there, right? You're right there in the chapters. And in verse 22, it says, Now when the day of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem, and they presented him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord, and to offer sacrifices according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, And this man was, he was very devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not taste death 
before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit. Notice this. He came by the Spirit into the temple. I love that, what Jerry was sharing tonight, and I was thinking of these scriptures. Simeon came in not as a natural man. He came in carried in the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to him to do according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light, here it is, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to him. Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, behold, you ready? This child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Wow. What a prophetic word. For a sign which has been spoken, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Now there was one named Anna, a prophetess. I don't want you to jump over that. Oftentimes, we think even in New, New Testament terms of prophets, and we are a house that believes not only in pastors, teachers, and evangelists. We believe in the fivefold ministry, which is Ephesians chapter 4, that God gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists for the equipping of the saints, for the maturing of the house. We believe in true prophets. We believe in true prophetess. So look at this. It says that Anna was a prophetess. Notice that. It was a woman. She was a prophetess. A daughter of Phanile of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. I love that. Now, now watch this. Not only was she a prophetess, but she was an intercessor. Did you catch that? Not only was she a prophet, but she was an intercessor. That's mighty. Because when Jeremiah, you'll remember when Jeremiah rebukes the false prophets that are, that are prophesying pillow prophecies to the king, Jeremiah is furious. And he said, if you be prophets, then you are called to make intercession. I want to tell you something. If you want to know what a true prophet and a true prophet it is, they will always have the earmark of being a true intercessor. Somebody say amen tonight. Come on. So there Anna was, and she was a prophetess, but also, watch, she served God with fastings 
and prayers night and day. We sing that song in this church, day and night, and night and day, let incense arise, incense arise. It's ministry unto the Lord. If if Anna was here tonight, I have the feeling she would remind us that our first and foremost ministry is not to people. Our first and foremost ministry is unto the Lord. It's always unto the Lord first and then people and then others. Are you with me tonight? And coming in an instant, it says that she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him those things. Actually, I just missed a verse, so let me go back to 37. And this was a woman of about uh, 84 years and did not depart the temple, but she served God in fasting and prayer night and day. And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord. What is that? It's worship. She gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all things who looked, to all those who looked for the redemption in Israel. Once again, we have Simeon. We have Anna. What is happening? The spirit of Christmas is breaking out. What is that spirit? It's not sportsmanship. It is worship. Out of encounter, out of proximity of being with Jesus, worship started rising. The aroma of worship and praising God started flowing up out of Simeon. Started flowing up out of Anna. Are you getting this tonight? Why worship? Why worship? Why worship? Because this is, here's our answer tonight. Because this child that was born in a manger had a destiny to die for all of humanity. That's why you worship. I want you to listen to these words tonight out of Isaiah chapter 53. And I believe that these are important, not only for Christmas, but also for the table of the Lord. In verse 3, it says, He was despised, and he was rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. Wow. And we did not esteem him. Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him as stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears was silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who has declared his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living For the transgressors of my people, he was stricken. As believers and as Christians, we know this. The marvel and the wonder of Christmas is not just Jesus in the swaddling clothes, laying in a feeding trough. It's the miracle of his life journey. 
It's the miracle of his life journey. It's the miracle of his faithfulness for 30 years under his father, serving in the house of his father as a carpenter, being obedient, and then knowing when his time had come to step out and be led by the Spirit to John the Baptist to be baptized in those waters and the, and the heavens open. You know, it's an interesting thing that the Scripture never, ever tells us about the bar mitzvah of Jesus becoming a man when he was 13. You never see that in Scripture. But Jesus was bar mitzvah the day that he rose up out of the Jordan River and the heavens ripped open and the Father spoke audibly for all to hear. And he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was bar mitzvahed that day. It's awesome, isn't it? That this baby would grow to a mighty man. He would fulfill his destiny. To be hung on a cross, a Roman cross, in the very prime of his life. To give all that he had for you and I. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 2, and I'm winding it up, and we're about to go to the communion table for the next few moments. The Scripture tells us that Jesus has been given a name above every name. He's Lord of all. He will be worshipped and honored by all flesh. Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to begin to read in verse 5. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, whom being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, that every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth. Watch this. And those under the earth. You know who that is? Think about that. Those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My God. Just, just give God praise for that right there. We worship you, Lord. You have been given a name above every name. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. There is none like you, Jesus. Ha <laughs> ha. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, and verse 12, it says this. It says that there is no other name that's under heaven that is given by which men can be saved. 
That's so powerful. See, if we don't worship during Christmas, we have a very artificial Christmas. If we don't worship during Christmas, folks, we've got a very shallow and artificial Christmas. You have cookies. Man, oh, God help me. I've been eating cookies. (laughs) I'm wearing this vest to hide my donut. (laughs) Brent and Victoria have been making so many cookies, it's pitiful. I've, I've, I've I've eaten so much cookie batter in the last two weeks. I'm like, Lord, help me. But you can have all the carols. You can have all the cookies. But if you don't bow your knee and lift your hands and let your mouth declare the glories of God, you've missed Christmas altogether. This family's not missing Christmas, are we? I want you to listen to the words of A.W. Tozer. He's one of my favorite authors. He says, without worship, we go about miserable. (laughs) Wow. Without worship we go about miserable. Listen to the words of C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors. He said, the most valuable thing that the Psalms do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. (laughs) It brings tears to my eyes every time. Every time. The most valuable thing the Psalms can do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. My God, that's awesome. Jesus said this in John chapter 4, verse 23. He said, the hour is coming, and it now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. Here it is again. Thank you, Jerry. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Wow. See, I want to say to you tonight, and I know that this is bold, but worship has been misunderstood. Worship has been misunderstood to believe that it's something that's just a feeling. It's just a feeling that comes upon you. But it's vital that we understand that worship is actually rooted in a a deep conscious act and a surrendered will unto God to serve and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a goosebump feeling that when our worship team gets flowing, well, that feeling came upon me. No, worship comes out of your spirit. Hear that tonight. Worship comes out of your spirit. Worship, worship is not happening because we provided you the words. And we have amazing leadership Uh, These hearts that get up here and lead us. But worship has to come out of your spirit. That's why we say around here a lot that we want to worship spirit to spirit and heart to heart. The Father, don't miss this, the Father seeks. It doesn't say the Father seeks worship. It says the Father seeks worshipers. I love that. He seeks you and I out. He's seeking 
worshipers who loose their spirit and loose those wonders of singing the praises of God. That's what kisses God. That's what gets the throne's attention. Come on. Come on, are you with me tonight? A pastor I've loved for so many years, his name is Jack Hayford. Many of you may have heard of Jack Hayford from California. I love this pastor. And he says, worship changes the worshiper into the image of the one worshiped. My God, that's awesome. I read a quote last week from Matt Redman, who's an amazing worship leader. And I know you guys know exactly who that is. But Matt Redman's just written so many powerful churches for the last several decades for the church globally. And he said this. He said, worship cannot be rooted in culture. They won't go deep enough. Worship has to be rooted in Scripture. Isn't that good? I love that. A.W. Tozer, and I'm about to close one more time. He said, no man gives anything acceptable to God until he has first given himself in love and in sacrifice. That's worship. That's the spirit of worship. When we give ourselves... When we yield ourselves, when we surrender ourselves, then we are transformed into the very image of the one we are worshiping. This is the spirit of Christmas. It's the spirit of worship. I know that here at Victory that this is a family where this is a lifestyle. This is who we are. This is our lifestyle. This is who we all are. And we've got some guests tonight, and you're amongst a great family, and we're, we're thrilled you're here tonight. Thrilled you're here tonight. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of worship. I want to encourage you, wherever you gather this year, the holidays bring stress. The holidays bring complication. The holidays, my God, the holidays have brought traffic like I cannot believe in this city. It took me 40 minutes early this morning to get across town from our house on university to this property. 40 minutes to hang up our, our banners out in front of the church. I thought, dude, God, everybody in the world descended on this city for Christmas. But you know what? The holidays, they, they bring all kinds of hustle and bustle. It brings its own stress. It brings its own cares. As your leader, as your pastor, as your friend, I want to encourage you. Make sure you pull aside with the Lord. Find the quiet time with your family, with each other, and worship. Just worship. You know, we've, we've always desired to have a fireplace in our home. One day I'm believing for a great fireplace, but we always put the fireplace on our flat screen TV. <laughs> and I have to tell the stupid dad jokes as the kids come downstairs, and I'm like, don't get close to the fire, kids. It's, it's very hot tonight. I think I've got a, a lot of mileage out of that joke. 
But we always put it on our flat screen. And we just enjoy the snapping and the crackling of the fire. (laughs) But we just spend time worshiping, being with the Lord. I want to encourage you. Spend quality time worshiping. Spend quality time adoring the Lord. And you know what? Enjoy the Lord so much that maybe you'll get some joy unspeakable and full of glory. Really. Really. I really pray, my wife and I truly pray, your house is filled with the wonders of God this Christmas. That you encounter the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.